Welcome to Tiger Pops Podcast, a place to dissect, analyze, and swoon over the webtoon Midnight Poppyland. Every week, we'll go through another episode and break down character development, relationship regression, plot, symbolism, body language, and more. And of course, we'll be bringing out those tinfoil hats for some theory time. Every week, we'll be joined by sharp-witted, detail-obsessed, and dare I say, thirsty fans ready to tackle the latest gem. Let the analysis begin. Okay, hi everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of Tiger Pops. And today we have Julia and Anne Rose, who you just heard in episode 19, if you came from that. And let them say hi. Hey everybody, I'm Julia. I live in the Kansas City, Missouri area. I live with my boyfriend and our two fur babies. I'm 27, and I found Midnight Poppy Land when quarantine started, and it's become a very integral part of my every week yes. <laughs> every day almost sometimes <laughs> but we want to talk about that anyway. yeah, whoever listening really... to the podcast is a super fan so don't worry true I've been listening to it um, while I'm at work and just have it playing in my head every once in a while someone will come in and be like what are you smiling about <laughs> like, don't ask <laughs> Yep. Nice. Oh, I'm I'm Anne Rose, and I too uh, discovered MPL thankfully during quarantine. It really has changed my life and the way I view uh, comics, and I truly take it not only as just a form of storytelling, but it's an art too, an art that many people I think needs to be discovered more, and it needs to be more mainstream. I know there are millions of readers on webtoons, but you know I. I introduced webtoons to my students. I said, oh, I'm, I'm a big webtoon reader. And I think for the first time I was able to connect with them on a kind of this, not a, not a hip level, but a level of like, oh, she's a person. She actually reads things that I would find interesting. So that was interesting to, for me to know too. And I think more adults should take on uh, webtoon comics. Wow, that is so cool. I didn't know that with your with your students. But yeah, I totally agree. I was a big snob before reading Midnight Poppy Land. And I, I was like, oh, I only read classic literature from before the 1900s. And then I read this and like, fell in love. And I realized, honestly, that there was a part of me that I was blocking that was such a foolish thing for me to do. Like, I used to read tons and tons of fiction when I was younger. And then as I got older, I became more of a snob. And I only read the classic literature. And I realized, like, it was just as part of my whole obsession with perfection and uh, achievement like it's just a general issue with me that I was like I was working too hard and I was only doing things for for work enough for pleasure and I just wasn't taking enough time for myself and I was really like burning out and it was not just affecting me and my mental health but obviously because I, I married and have kids it was running over onto them so like it meant I was stressed out and I was like not so nice so reading webtoons like I just you know I lost my job during corona anyway and I had more downtime but reading webtoons made me realize and, and been popular in that I lost this like kind of fangirly part of myself that, you know, love to read stories and love to just get excited about stories and get emotional with stories. And I realized like I was, I was losing that part of myself that got emotional release through emotional stories. And that was coming out in unhealthy ways in my life because I didn't, I didn't have any re- release for like emotions. Mm-hmm. So I totally like changed my perspective. And I said, I have to start reading more fiction. That really is what I, what I enjoy, even if it's not, you know, critically acclaimed, uh, or at least not yet, you know, if it's not a hundred years old, 
I have to read it because it makes me feel better. And it, it allows me to feel emotions that I need to be feeling instead of suppressing them, just work, 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 work. So I uh, credit Midnight Poppy Land with one, you know, allowing me to come to that realization that I was missing something in my life that I pushed away, that I shouldn't have pushed away. I can totally feel that. I, I was a, a lot like that. I used to read all the time. And after a while, it got to a point where I didn't have the energy. I didn't have the that motivation to mm-hmm. do that, even though it was always my escape and my unwinding thing. And when quarantine happened and I happened upon this, it, it kind of reignited that. Mm-hmm. And I, I read any chance I can get now. And I'm, I'm really glad that I got back to that point because like you said, that's your, it helps you express that emotion because you, you get in, attached to the characters in the story and it gives you that opportunity to feel those things. And I missed that. So I was, I was really glad that I found this and it's, it's really helped a lot. As I say, I have this like huge dopey smile on my face. I'm like, I have like tears in my eyes because I just, I love how Lily has made something that makes such an impact on people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that must be a very, I hope it's a profound experience for her because it's a profound experience for us. And like to be able to influence other people like that, because I know like we're not the only ones that she's really had an impact on. So it's just amazing that she's able to do that. And I'm sure it feels overwhelming and, and joyous and unbelievable for her. Yeah. So let's get into this character, these emotions that, you know, are tugging at our heartstrings and pulling us around all over the place. Um, (laughs) Good place to start, like already emotional. So Poppy, we ended off with last episode where Poppy accuses Tora of being the person who rescued her from the tree. She says, I don't think you're the bad person you're making yourself out to be. And this is when right after you ran out of Alice's restaurant, offended that she got the picture sorry that she had called Lane after the picture and Tora you know you see he doesn't respond and he he's still looking down doesn't say anything and there's again this panel of the ring and the 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 necklace slash bracelet in his in his pocket so like confirmation that yes Poppy was right she did see the ring and bracelet and that he just has it in his pocket now it also kind of made me think of the what Alice was talking about in the last episode before it shows him with his hand in his pocket touching the ring and the bracelet kind of how she was like it's okay to give your heart to the right people and Mm -hmm. kind of made me think like at that moment he was thinking about that in a way thinking like this is something that reminds me of people that accept me and when she's saying like I'm not playing nice with you I think you're a better person than you try to pretend to be and showing that again is kind of reinforcing that that like she is trying to accept him like what Alice and Joe have done and the fact that in Alice's restaurant this whole showdown just literally steps away just goes to show you that her influence I just it's it's just so strong I feel and it it I don't think it would have panned out the way it did had it not been there like maybe he wouldn't have I'm I'm sure he would have but I think it's very meaningful that it happened to be there obviously 
And because of it being like one of his safe spaces, he wouldn't have been as opened as he was. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But here, right now, his reaction to her, he's still closed off. He's not able to affirm what she's saying because he doesn't want to see himself that way. He says, I don't know what you're talking about. He can't admit to being a nice guy. He just, he, his vision of himself is negative. And also he just doesn't want, I think he doesn't want her to know more about himself, right? To admit that you have a soft side, right? For someone like Torah, where he just had to be violent and brutal, to show you have weakness is very dangerous. And it was 100%, I'm sure Vincent stomped, at, stomped it out of him every time he tried to be nice. Because you're my bodyguard, you're my tool, you're my dog, you have to be this vicious creature, you can't be nice. So anytime he was nice, who knows what happened to him. So he has to deny that. And he has to say, no, I'm not, not who I am. Even if like, okay, maybe he could, you know, he understands intellectually, yeah, Poppy's not Vincent, and I can maybe trust her, but he can't do that emotionally. He's not there yet. And it's probably also a reflex to push that away because like you said Vincent's probably done everything he can to get that trait out of him so it's an automatic I'm not going to feel that way or I'm not going to behave that way because it's almost like a a Pavlovian response like I start feeling like I'm being nice I'm gonna get in trouble kind of thing so he he won't acknowledge that he does have that side even though no matter how hard he's tried it's still there and we still mm. see it mm. oh, that's rough it's all these things about Tor that you just feel so you know it's easy to feel for him at the very beginning of the story too you know I never I knew he was I knew he was dangerous but I always saw him, especially with her, he would never do her any harm. And I just, I don't know, I, I think that was just a really wonderful way, really, uh, just making these two characters just so, I don't I just, you just, you could fall in love with them so easily. I, yeah. Yeah, and then this, this next panel, I, this is my reading of this next panel, I don't know if you see the same things, but this next panel where you see his face, you don't see his, his eyes, but you see him looking down, and to me, the way that his mouth is set, to me, it looks like he's almost holding himself back from crying. And in a way, that is, to me, like, you know, it's a little bit different than what I said last in the last panel. But, you know, it could be that that's how his feelings changed really fast. But where he says, you know, where he kind of, like, wishes he could acknowledge that he's the nice guy, but he knows that it's dangerous for himself, for her, and he just doesn't want to do it. But he kind of, like, is crying because he wishes that he could be that nice guy and he could acknowledge that he's a nice guy and just live a normal life and like yes poppy i'm the nice guy i saved you from the tree let's fall in love let's have a relationship let's have a happy life but he's like i can't because this is because of my life and you know f my life and you know that bitterness to him it also kind of makes me think because of it showing the ring and the bracelet if at that moment he's thinking about whatever happened with joe And that's kind of reaffirming Mm. that thought of like, I'm not a nice guy. I've done these horrible things. And maybe that's one of them we don't really know yet. But tying into what you're saying about how it kind of looks like he's trying to hold back crying made me think of when he he was leaving the the Black Swan and he was talking to Gaiu and how he kind of teared up. So, I mean, that, that could be what's going on here, too. 
Yeah. I also now Poppy, Poppy's reaction first, you know, she's like wrong guy and she's puzzled. But then, you know, you see in the next panel is a real close up of her eyes and they're very determined. She furrows her eyebrows and you know, like Poppy's like, she doesn't believe him. She's like, you're not the wrong guy. And she's made a decision. And what she does is she runs is he this panel, you know, he's walking away, but she's running towards him. Tap, tap. With these, you know, her cute shoes. He has like those Converse, I think yeah, Converse or Sketchers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, typical like street attire. Like he has, he always has like casual shoes and she has, she always has cutesy shoes, you know? So she has these pink, these pink like flats with an animal face in front, like a cute little animal face, just very poppy. But he changed and... those clothes. Yeah. Like they were, yeah. Cause he had nice shoes on, but maybe that was the mm-hmm. intent to put them in the, that wear. Right. Did he have shoes? Did yeah, he have nice he shoes? Had on nice shoes. He was in slacks and that, that nice shirt. He like completely changed his outfit. I don't know how he found jeans that fit, but apparently <laughs> he did. Or shoes too, yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah, I think this is the kind of thing you would normally wear. So Poppy is determined not to let him get away with this. Again, she's persistent. This is like Poppy has just like an amazing personality as well. You know, Tora, she doesn't let Tora think of himself as this bad person. And this is just the, the entire premise of the Midnight Populand. She's not going to let Tora get away, live through life thinking that he's a nasty person. She runs after him and she grabs his, she's very, you know, she has a lot of temerity. She grabs his arm. Again, nobody touches Tora without his permission. Nobody attacks him, grabs his sleeve, pulls it up and exposes his tattoos. And Tora is like, what the hell? And he really like instinctively jumps away from her because his personal space has been invaded. And that's, again, a dangerous thing for somebody whose life is in danger every second. And, you know, an unexpected attack could mean death. Mm-hmm. And she's looking unnerved and she says, pardon me. And she she feels like she's just, you know, it's it's hard for her to do this, but she doesn't anyway. She's, she's almost the- persistent to the point of like, a lack of self-preservation mm. which we we see again later but she she didn't even consider the fact that he might get very angry about this she was just like i'm going to prove this yeah right i mean uh, for a lot of people like that especially someone like him uh, or like he might just have a reflex reaction of instinctively like punching where in the face whoever like is tugging at a sleeve you know so it is like physically dangerous for her to do that and i think that kind of plays out in her face when she realizes oh wait a second maybe this wasn't the best idea too late now (laughs) right that's very cute and yeah tora looks extremely flustered because he's just he's trying to build up those walls between them and she just knocks it down she doesn't let him build up the walls and his 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 barriers around his heart are being broken down. It's very hard for him. I thought his, <sighs> I thought his, are you okay? Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm just oh. like, it's very, it's like, it's just beautiful. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I thought his response though, when I first, upon first reading it, I said, come on, Tori, you, you gotta be a little smarter than that. She's like, what? So you just, so just because I saved you from a fall, you decide to fall in love with me. <laughs> I was just, it was almost ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, that's how I had interpreted it. And then she was just like, no, that's not it at all. And 
I view readers on Patreon, I'll, I'll try not to say too much. I never realized that she never said ex-boyfriend. She just said my boyfriend mm-hmm. just cheated on me. And then that never crossed my mind. I didn't think. And it just, I'm like, these, everything in each episode, it's, it is so tied together so nicely. Like, you know, dots connecting and whatnot. And it's just, you. I mean, anything for granted in each episode. There's Because it could be, they'll, there might be a reference to it you know, later on. The fact that she just said boyfriend reminds me of something from a more current episode that just Mm. made something so much make more sense now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So anyway, so she tells him, you can't tell me these aren't the same tattoos I saw that night. It might not have meant anything to you, but it meant something to me. And she's being very earnest. Like this is Poppy. She's able to express her feelings. She's able to be open and about her feelings and about something that was meaningful to her. And Torah can't do that. That's exactly the opposite of, of Torah. So this is something that is, again, something that Poppy is bringing to his life. And she tells him again, and she's able to be so open about things that people wouldn't usually admit. She says, in case you haven't noticed, you're a very intimidating person. Like most people wouldn't admit a weakness, especially Torah. Torah would never admit if you find someone scary or intimidating, right? It's, it's, he can't do that. But Poppy can, and she does. And she tells him, it meant enough for me to push my fears aside and place my trust in you. Right? She was able to trust him because of he because he saved her from the tree. And you see at this point, like he kind of like pauses. Like he's still she has she still has her arms, you know, one arm is gripping, one hand is gripping his shirt and pulling it back. The other one is like around his his bicep. Again, personal space. She added that, like it wasn't there before. <laughs> you know, she just like she's kind of like cementing her hold on him. And and now, right, then he says, just so what, because you saved me from a fool, you decided to fall in love with me. Which, again, I agree with you. I also was also like, why did you say that? Like, why would you say she's in love with you? Like, she's not. <laughs> I, you I don't... feel like it was, like, that reflex of how other women have kind of fallen at his feet. And he's just like, you're just like them. Like, that that had to be what's going on here. And mm-hmm. she's just like, uh, No. Like, get, mm-hmm. get your head out of your ass. No. <laughs> you know, I, right. Yeah, I thought, I honestly thought I could have gone both ways. Like, yeah, get your get your head out of your ass for her, definitely. But I also, if a man ever were to catch me if I fell and he looked like that and he was, I mean, it would be an instant. <laughs> and I, I would do it an instant, but I just thought it was, yeah, it was interesting to read that from him. And what it could mean. Right. I thought maybe I thought maybe it was a little bit of like showing what he's thinking about, what he wishes was the case. Mm. Maybe it was a bit of that. That that's a good point too. That's but good. yeah, the way he says it, he's like, you know, usually his face is very impassive. Now he's he's angry, he's perturbed. Like his his eyebrows are raised and his mouth is completely wide open. You see his canines. He's looking very disturbed. It's very hard for him to deal with this invasion of personal space and invasion into his personal space emotionally, not just physically. And like what you were saying about how him saying that is what he kind of hoped happened. Him getting angry about it is almost like this is kind of what I wish would happen or wish was going on here. But at the same time, I'm like, that's a horrible idea. I'm a bad person. You shouldn't do that. And I'm not happy that you're, that you're quote unquote falling in love with me or you've fallen mm-hmm. in love with me because I'm a bad person. And he's angry about that. Why? Right. He, and he's almost like 
saying it in an incredulous way of like, so you fell in love with me? Like, <laughs> as, as if you actually think that's what's going on here. So I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Poppy is just like, her reaction is instinctive. It's like, I didn't fall in love with you, you arrogant jerk. And like you said, my boyfriend just cheated on me. The last thing I want is more boy problems. And yeah, significantly, right? Like you said, she didn't say ex-boyfriend. I think that she hasn't had, I mean, it was literally just yesterday. So she hasn't had time to think about it. Mm-hmm. She had a really packed two days, you know, since then. One day, day and a half, whatever. That was great. I like no. what she said, though. She, you know, he was putting up a front and she was just like, I was touched. And that was just, again, one of those things, one of those lovable qualities about Poppy that catch him off guard. It was another sucker punch, too, if you will. Totally see. Maybe it embarrasses you with the tough guy act and whatnot. But it was very selfless. And I thought what she was doing, too, was very selfless, saving a kitten. I'm not an animal lover, so if I saw a kitten stuck up in a trail, I'd walk away. But, yeah, I, you know, so these two people seeing each other in different light, perhaps. Yeah, and you see how he reacts when, when she tells him that he was touched. Mm-hmm. He doesn't he doesn't respond. He he kind of seems to calm down. Like as you see his face is a little more calm and then and more in control than last time. And but he doesn't say anything, right? He's listening. He's struck by what she says. But he's he's looking at her very intently, still upset, still you're, you know, not uncertain what to believe, not wanting to believe her, not wanting to, to hear what she's saying, angry that she's telling him these things about himself that he doesn't want to see about himself, but he is listening more than he was before. Like I her also, words are starting to make their way in his heart. I also thought of, I don't know if I can bring it up because it's kind of, it's in a different episode. No, <laughs> never mind. No. Aww. I'd love for you to do it. Okay, so later on, he misinterprets something she does as more severe than what she actually meant it as. She goes to hug him, and he's like, you threw yourself at me. So I'm thinking maybe he kind of has a warped idea of what she meant by saying that she was very touched by what he did. And maybe the mm. reason he paused was kind of like, oh, so that's what this is about. And he's thinking she fell in love with me. Mm. She just said that, that she's not, which is just could be further proof of his like urgent desire to be loved so that he just misinterprets everything because he just like has a psychological need to receive love. If, if this is, if, if what you're going to that, the theory you just said. True. Good yeah. point. That's interesting. I didn't think about that. Yeah. But anyway. Touch, I guess touch to him, if it's not something he's used to, seems like it's not appalling, but like it does catch him off guard so much, you know? But yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I like how Poppy is, you know, she's able to be smart enough about herself that she calls herself a strange, dumb girl who recklessly decides to climb an old tree. She understands that what she did was reckless. You know, this is, it's pretty perceptive of her it's, it's, and to be able to face up to, to her mistake, you know, her mistakes, but her peculiarities, you know, and the risks of what she did. But also selfless of her too, 
you know, she went to the police station. She was wearing his jacket. That's all she had. It's like literally that's all she had on her. And she was just walking home and she it was late and she had a big meeting the next day. And then she sees some something in me, the little cat. And, you know, wow. I feel like at that yeah. point she needed something else to focus on and she uh, just latched onto the cat. Okay. I mean, yeah, the cat kind of might have needed help, but <laughs> she she's still like, like we've seen, she didn't want to process what was going on anymore. She was starting to get overwhelmed and her yeah. brain just found something else to focus on. Yeah, and then in this next panel, you know, you see that Tora is even more willing to accept what she says. You really see, if you go, if you analyze all three panels of Tora's reaction at once, you see in the first one, he's completely out of control. His mouth is wide open. His eyes are wide open. His eyebrows are raised up. They're like half their, you know, moons kind of. He's, his hair is flying. He's completely out of control. He can't hear what he's saying. He's really, he's completely flustered. Second one, it's, you know, moderate. His uh, mouth is still open. His eyes are still a little bit wide, but like more like furrowed. He's more able, and his hair is a little bit flying in his face. He's more, but he's, it's less than before. And then in the third one, third reaction, his hair is more down. You know, it's like settling down. His mouth is closed, and he's really, he's much more able to receive what she's saying. It's like he's calming down by everything that she says. Mm. But then he turns away. And, you know, you see his jaw is set and his eyes are still furrowed. And it looks like he's really just, he's angry. Like he's thinking about what she said. It's really reaching into his heart, but it's, it's making him upset to think about that. Yeah. It just makes me want to hug him. Yeah. I I mean, whatever box (laughs) you're trying to fit me into, you know, it's the wrong one. He, maybe a box, uh, a trap, trapped so to speak, he feels, I don't know if I'm interpreting it in the right way, but he feels like he doesn't fit into anyone else's category of what it's supposed to be like. And I mean, the way she sees him is actually really, really nice. And he's, I may, it was perhaps too much for him to process. Yeah, the interesting thing is that all his life he hated be- when people put him in a box of violent. Mm-hmm. Now he hates when people put him in a box of nice or what he thinks is a box. Mm-hmm. So he, he on one hand doesn't want to be perceived as violent, but on the other hand he can't be perceived as nice either. It's it's he's in a a quandary, like a paradoxical situation. Almost like he he knows he's not just the violent person, mm-hmm. but that's all he can accept himself being right he has no future as a nice person he knows that if he if he allows himself to be a nice person for a second he's going to be destroyed it was dangerous for him to be a nice person it is dangerous for him to be a nice person so he can't allow himself to be that because it's you know and it's also like if you start hoping for something and you can't get it it's almost worse than if you don't hope for it at all looks like the sour gifts phenomenon if he allows himself to think of himself as a nice person, then he's going to start thinking about how terrible his life is and all the things that he's doing that he hates doing that are evil, that are bad, that are, you know, torturing or murdering. And he's going to have to deal with the psychological implications of being a nice person. But if he can tell himself, Oh, I'm nasty. I'm brutal. I'm violent. This is who I am. He doesn't have to deal with the, the cognitive dissonance of his lifestyle. You know, he's trying to, people need to protect themselves and they need to 
psychologically be whole. Otherwise they go crazy, right? He, it's like schizophrenic. Like We're like, oh, I'm a kind person. I'm a moral person, but I do all these terrible things. He can't handle that. So it's safer for him mentally to just say I'm nasty and brutal and violent because that's how he can live a cohesive life. But isn't he going against his nature too? Even in spite of the fact that he has to live, he was forced into the, into his occupation. Seeing someone like Alice, you know, I guess he only has, he only can allow himself to have moments of kindness and nice things, which is really sad, I think. But I hope it, I hope that changes, but yeah, you're right. Perhaps it's a survival thing for him so he doesn't go crazy. Yeah, and we see like he yanks, he's not able to accept Happy's words. He he's definitely listening. Like we see from his face, he 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 heard it. But he yanks his arm away from her. And like you see her, it's a very poignant panel. He yanked his arm away and Poppy's hand is still reaching there after him. You know, it's still there, it's trying to reach him. And it's just a symbol of like Tora's not ready to receive her love. She's willing to give it. She's willing to give him love and understanding. And her hand is stretched out toward him. It's like a classic symbol, but he can't re- receive it yet. Yeah, and then you see her close her, her her hand, her fist, and it's almost like her expression, she realizes that, like, he's ah. not ready to hear this. Wow. Yeah. And she looks a little crushed there. She looks sad. She she understands the tragedy of it because she knows that, that she's saying the truth, right? And she knows that he's saying this out of hurt. She's wise enough to realize that. But yes, it's like it's realizing that he's not really ready to hear it yet. You know, and like the closed fist, right? Like you said, it's, it's, you know, it's just a symbol of like what, you know, a person's open versus a person's closed. Like she knows that she has to stop. Like she can't continue because he won't accept it. So she's closing her, herself off again. Yeah. And then she's left standing there and he walks away and you see, as he walks away, he's trying to, again, cover it up. He pulls his sleeves down. He's trying to cover up the evidence. Obviously, he knows he knows intellectually, like he's he's not thinking when he does this. Like he's not thinking, oh, if I cover my sleeves up, she'll forget that I'm the guy who saved her from the train. You know, at the train say whatever, at the um at the from the tree. But he's just emotionally he has to cover up his tattoos because he's like, No, I'm not that guy. And you know, so it's 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 just like this reaction that he has. And yeah, she's looking sad, like as he walks away from her. It almost kind of looks like she started to take another step toward him. Oh yeah, mm. I, I, yeah. But I like when when Granny Alice shows up, just when she feels like defeated upon you know him leaving, she kind of gives him that reassurance that he'll be okay, you know, because she she is you know super wise and understands Tor's feelings and emotions more than he does. Yeah, and she <laughs> stops her from following him. Mm. Tells her. Yeah, this is. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, so she she says what every grandma has probably told, you know, a grandchild. If you want to, he can come get you himself. No self respecting lady chases after a man, no matter how much of a handsome devil he may be. And literally, like, this is exactly what my grandmother told me as when I was like younger and, you know, uh, interested in, in people. She was like, You're the lady. The man has to chase after you. You don't chase after the man. Oh, boy. And she's vaping while she's doing this. You know, it's like the contrast again, because she's such a wise old lady. She's 
just dispensing this great advice very casually. You know, she's vaping, she's chilling, she's just looking after him with this very, she's not perturbed. She's not emotional because she's been through the storms of life and she knows everyone will come out of the other end. You know, they're caught up in the drama. Their, their emotions are running high, but she's calm. She's just puffing away. And you also got to think about she sees more of what's going on in the interaction than I think they do at this point. Because Poppy's main thought is trying to convince him he's not the bad person that he thinks he is. And Granny's like, you don't chase after a man. But she doesn't mean it in like, you don't go convince him. She sees there's some other things going on like there's there's more to this relationship that's developing than just this back and forth little agreement they have she sees Mm. more to it she's like don't chase him make him come to you wow yeah i 100 percent. she's 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 the wise granny she knows (laughs) and then poppy's like granny it's not like that (laughs) sure it's not (laughs) We're not friends or anything. Blush, blush. <laughs> yeah, that blush spreads across your face. I see this in in the webtoon comments a lot, where it says denial is not just a river in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> like denial yeah. is a bunch of lines and some pink on your cheeks. That's what that is. Yep. <laughs> and you know, she says it was just because of me that he's feeling bad now. And then Alice is like. I love this line. Oh my gosh. She says, if he has issues, he'll have to deal with them on his own. It's not your course to bear or anyone else's for that matter. And I think if I recall correctly, Lily discussed this a bit on her Patreon. And I think she felt it was a very important message to impart because so many of these kind of cartoons or like stories or novels or videos or whatever, where it's like, where the, um, you know, it's like the, tender broken-hearted abused guy and he's going to be rescued and repaired emotionally by the woman who's going to save him now in a way this cartoon is that but this message is the opposite of that this message says that everyone has to save themselves and that it's not poppy's job to save him right poppy can be the inspiration poppy can be the help poppy can be you know someone that supports him but the only one who can change him himself is torah nobody can change anyone else there's such a psychologically wise message to send and even especially because we we've seen that they kind of both do that for each other in that like we've seen he brings out certain traits in her that she really needs and she's bringing out traits in him that he really needs so they both have issues and they're both kind of helping each other with them without being the the only thing that they can rely on for that because we've seen that they have other outlets for some of those things but they hadn't really started to use them and knowing each other and their their meeting and their interactions have brought that out to a point where it's starting to filter into other aspects of their lives. Mm-hmm. And also to like, see, you know how these characters, I mean, that's a great point on, on both ends, uh, but I just like 
each of their characters are just so well developed to the point where he isn't as what he is portrayed to be and neither is she and they both have that little bit of something that the other maybe could you know they both complement each other in that way i mean unfortunately you know i i mean i know you both are in a relationship sadly i'm not so i wouldn't know what that's like to see something in another person and you know turn to them in that way or recognize that so that is really it sounds really it sounds lovely <laughs> yeah it is relationships um just like anything you know the better it is the worse it is also so like this this all this potential for for closeness but obviously that you know the closer you let someone into your life the more they can hurt you which is exactly what's going on here you know torah hasn't let anybody in his life because then they can hurt him so relationships can be are amazing you know the more amazing they are the more the more terrible and destructive they can be as well i think it's that's just how it is but um (laughs) yeah so then then alice says something that threw his poppy off at first she says but don't worry he's not as fragile as he looks he'll get over himself soon enough just be patient and poppy's like fragile And then Alice is like, you don't think he's fragile? And which is, you know, to Alice, it's obvious that he's fragile because she's, again, old and wise. She's seen him since he was young. And, you know, obviously youthful people are back when he didn't have, he didn't develop the strong and, you know, impassive exterior that he presents now. So she, you know, she right away sees through that. But Poppy hasn't, right? Because Poppy's, you know, this young girl and she doesn't, she just right away saw him as this tough, tough guy. And... Poppy's like agile. She takes a moment to think about it. And she flashes back to all their time at the restaurant where, you know, she punched him in the nose and where he was laughing at her, you know, hit her hitting his hand, where he was eating sushi, where he was upset about the bad hair thug day, <laughs> where he bumped his head on, on the wall, where he was laughing at her and teasing her. So then suddenly, oh my God, then there's a bit dump. And a blush. <laughs> you know, she, and she starts to realize maybe he is fragile. Which right. honestly, it, it took I was kind of confused at that point. I was I was like, what do you mean fragile? And then yeah. as I was looking at those moments, it, it I um I felt kind of like Poppy did in that moment where it was like, Okay, now I see where you're going with this. Okay, carry on. Like <laughs> This makes sense now. And you can see she as she's realizing it, she's like, maybe, yeah, I can I can see that. She sees all the moments of his vulnerabilities where he's less than perfect, where he's off guard, where he's relaxed, where he's, you know, funny. The moments where he's not presenting this tough act. That's you know, and then he he enters his way into her heart. I think this is the moment where he really reflecting on his humanity and reflecting on who he is suddenly he goes boom he's struck an arrow there and then she goes with the granny you really shouldn't vape so much mind your own business i'm not the one you should be fussing over (laughs) i love that mind Mm -hmm. your own business yeah, and it's funny that like yeah, Poppy even feels like she she can say that to her, which is yeah. a little bit preachy. Yeah, that was okay. Sad. I was like, she was pretty bold. It was bold of her to say that to him. Like, and that's her again, 
trying to maybe to help people do the right thing. But um, yeah, I was just like, oh, nice. Um, yeah, mind your own business. That's a good, yeah. that's a good, that's a good life lesson. That's a quality to have that I need to take on more. Maybe because they just had this like super strong bonding moment yeah. over whether or not Taurus fragile that she just kind of felt that level of comfort kind of like what she does with her own granny and she just kind of said what she thought without really thinking about I don't know <laughs> this lady as much as I know my granny and it just kind of came out and she's like well I said it I'm like, I can't take it back okay <laughs> yeah and now we leave Poppy and Alice and we shift over to Torah and he starts out with a curse because it's Torah he's like god damn it and you see his car which is the yellow car that Quincy got driving along this street and he's like what the hell am I getting upset about which I like how he's able to process you know he now that he's sitting in his car he's actually thinking about about his feelings and he recognizes that he got irrationally upset He's like, why am I getting upset? And you see, you know, the car speeding, right? There's a motion of it. The other car behind him is not like in a motion, but the car, his car is, you know, the car behind him and in front of him are like our normal speed, but he's, he's a blur. I, yeah, and no. sorry, go ahead. Oh, okay. Uh, I just, yeah, I think these last scenes are just one of my favorite, like even of all time. I, I know there are many other swoon-worthy moments, but just seeing him in 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 his own headspace, and you know, speeding, driving, smoking it up in the car. It's he's totally in the zone, trying to drive and process what just happened. That probably has never happened to him before. You know, perhaps letting someone in, and now he can finally talk his talk through what. A, the discussion, like, oh, some creep on a train takes a photo of her. She goes, and he realizes that she was making sense, and he wasn't reacting like a a regular adult would, maybe. But um, you know, they are in a strange situation, and just the way he speeds through it, and and then he just says it's the end of the effing story, and it's not, and just the the colors of the scene, it was just super. I just felt like I was watching a movie. Mm, yeah everything's blue and dark yeah. and you almost get the impression that he's there there are a lot of shots of the car blur you know blurred and you get the impression that he's like trying to speed away from his troubles he's so you know and raw and emotional he's just like he pedal on the metal you know mm-hmm. and you know he says like you know she goes to make a report to the cops the officer charge happens to be lean of all effing people so like he has a connection with lane that he's you know admitting in his mind we don't know yet what the connection is, but, you know, we speculated maybe she's his parole officer, you know, having to do with when he was, he was sent to prison by and caught after Goliath's tip off. So we do not know how he knows Lane, but he knows her. And knows her enough to have her saved in his phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and honestly, a lot of people thought like he was hoping the police and I'm, I'm not completely convinced of that because if you think about it, just how he saved Poppy's name in his phone as Bobby, you'd think he Mm. wouldn't save Lane's name as herself because Uh. she's a cop. And if anyone saw that, they'd know he's talking to a cop. 
So I feel like if he were helping the cops, or at least with her, he wouldn't have done that. Maybe Lane is a Snape. Maybe she's a double-crosser, double-crosser, you know what I'm saying? Double-spy, double-spy, whatever it is, where she's pretending to work with the to with the clan, right? But really, she's working for the police. So maybe that's why it's safe to have her number in the phone, because everyone's like, oh, yeah, Lane, she's the, she's the, the police plant. But really, she's actually not. Really, she actually is working with the police. Because she really... And she really did recognize um, Tor's jacket mm-hmm. right away when Poppy was wearing it. So she really knows all about. She, I guess her, her caseload is filled with all of his, all of the Baldwin dealings. But I also wanted to backpedal to that to when late to the sushi day. I know I, it will make sense, but you know you had mentioned in the previous episode that or another episode that it wasn't Lane who called him initially. Who was it? Um, okay, so it was a text that he got. We're going to see it in episode 40, I think, 40 or 41. Um, oh, yeah, it was a text oh, message. Sorry. Oh, man. Okay, never mind. Sorry. Okay, it's, Wait, it's not what? like a movie. Yes, yeah. That's what I was saying. I'm confused. Wait, <laughs> yeah. what? Okay. Try later. Go re- read episode four. Uh, let me see. Episode 40 or 41. Hold on. I can check right now. It's episode 41. So well, in episode 41, we find out why no, the phone buzzed the first time while they yep. were at the sushi restaurant. Uh-huh. Okay. I need <laughs> to look at this because I missed this. Anyway. I'm so tempted. I'm so tempted. I'm really, the only episode I've read is beyond 40. That That's it. Episode 40 is it. So when really, you to, uh, Tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow episode 41 comes out. Like we're not, not fast, fast. Yes, so. yes. I'll stay tuned. Because when you had mentioned that, I, when you said that, I'm like, wait a minute. I know I've read all the episodes faithfully, so I shouldn't have missed it. But I'm like, oh, <laughs> she was foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah. So I, Lily's like very plotted out. Like she has her plot points, yeah. you know, already scheduled because she put that in 20 episodes ago, you know. <laughs> so anyway, um, so yeah, so he's he's smoking, which we know he does when he's stressed, right? He's smoking in his car and he says, I'll deal with Lane later if I have to, which is, he doesn't have any intention of calling her back, right? Only if he has to, which is, to me, it's like a typical guy thing. It's like, oh, someone's calling me. I'm not going to call them back unless I want to. <laughs> and the only thing I need to do is complete the job at hand, right? So he's trying to convince himself. He's like, all I have to do, job on hand, job on hand, job on hand, focus, focus, focus. He's trying to tell himself, right? And there's another, you know, focus, another panel zooming in of him, um, you know him smoking and he's like and then get the hell out of her life right he's trying to tell himself what to do this is what he knows in his head he should do yeah. but <laughs> he's like just like i said he would but then and you know and like that that grim face that he puts on of like steely determination where like i have to do this i have to do this but then he starts thinking about what she said <laughs> and he thinks about her saying i didn't fall in love with you i was touched by what you did you know embarrasses you you did something selfless and he, again, you know, he's thinking about it and he looks, he zooms in on her, her innocent eyes, just like pulling at his shoulder and he lets out his breath and he's like, he zooms, grips the, it's, it's like, there's so many panels, but it's like all one moment. He grips the steering wheel, again, zooms, looks down, roars, roars, screeches, stops the car and says, fuck. <laughs> More like screams. 
Screw exactly. I he like stops mid street. He like scorches like he's like diagonal on this highway or street because he realizes he has feelings for her. I, you know, I, I don't know how people. guys think, you know, but if a guy were to do that, just stop after going a hundred miles an hour and just yell an expletive and just because she's under his skin. I mean, he's got it bad, and I. <laughs> Especially for Tora, who's always so in control to just kind of lose control like that and just scream. Yeah. Honestly, like the part with the the car just kind of zooming and zooming and then the screech. Like, I felt that. I was just like, (laughs) oh my God, stop the car. You're going to hit me. Right. And Lolita is like, ver, ver, ver. And you know, it's like, it's like, there's, it's a blur. Like, it's just real. So we were saying that, you know, Tora is like, he's got a bad. He's in, he's into her. <laughs> and he's upset. He doesn't want to be. He doesn't want to be into her because he knows how destructive it is. That's why he's just like, he's so upset about it. But I like how he realizes it, you know, like he's, yeah. he's not stupid enough to, to he, he's trying to push it away, but he can't hide it. <laughs> And the rooms, can I, I, I feel like, I mean, as I do love, the, but then now we get her on the flip side, how she's feeling intense discussion slash argument. And she kind of, it, it was, I think, also mentally draining for her too. She plops on the bed and then the pillows on the floor. You can tell she's kind of just, all her stuff sprawled out. And yeah, and then... When she plops on the bed, now I understand what Lily Dusk is doing. But and yes, she has a conversation, and we'll, we'll, I know we'll go back to that. But then, do you see like that empty photograph? And I didn't realize what that was until later. And again, that's like fast forward twenty episodes. It was just, <laughs> it was just amazing to see. Yeah, I yeah, actually I'm just, to... I just listened to that podcast today, and I oh. was like, I can't wait to get to that part, because I missed that. Wait, <laughs> no, I'm I, can't... Wait, I can't find it. I can't find it. Where is it? Uh, it's, what I'm it's the part where she mentions being iced out, and then it shows the, the two, the photographs oh, with okay. the bear up on the, the nightstand, and you can't see mm. what the, what's in there, yes. but we see them later on. Right, and those are poppy flowers, by the way. I think looks like it at least. Up in the oh, nice. I, I'm just like, how does how does she do this? She's a maestro. <laughs> Everything, every little thing. It's just yeah. There's something important, <laughs> and it's like I'm missing things. And I really love how I I get to push myself I'm not just enjoying what I'm reading it, it's like I have to build analysis skills which is something that I've been really weak in I was really weak in, in analysis and I, I'm still and I feel like I've gotten better just listening to these discussions and having these conversations with, with such inte- intelligent ladies so thanks for that yeah yeah I agree it's like uh, Rebecca says that who is another Patreon commenter who's been on the podcast she says that she she reads a lot of mysteries and there's definitely that element here because there's you know a lot of clues dropped everywhere oh, okay what, what I also want to like that when Poppy like you said pops down on the bed you can just 
feel it, right? You see the, the pillows and the blankets and you just feel the, you know, like your face jamming <laughs> at the pillows. I, I love it because it's so relatable. You know, we all have that experience of feeling completely, completely um, overwhelmed and like we just need to like release. You know, we finally get home and we're like, boom, we're done. It's like that moment <laughs> where the bra comes off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. And she says, there's something he wants from me. I just can't figure out what it is, which I didn't realize that. But the puppy's better at that. You know, um, like I said, I just would have been like, oh, yeah, he just wants to have dinner with me because he likes me. <laughs> but she realizes there's more to it. And and then she's like, she just doesn't even know what to think. She says the funniest thing. She's like, maybe I can offer him some cute stationery. I have plenty of those. Would you like a sparkle gel, dual brush pen set or a Sakura petal sticky memo notepad, sir? You know, she's being funny. And she knows that because she she's contrasting like the cutiness of her life and the, the the threateningness of his life. And she like knows he doesn't want it. But she's like, here, this is the only thing I can have. Like, what can he possibly want from me? Like, I'm just this cute, innocent chick. What does this scary guy want from me? Mm. But you yeah, know what she says? She says, uh, sorry, Julia. You're good. Like she says, I, as if I don't need yet another can of worms waiting to be opened. She knows that he's like a world of, away from her world, and it's just yeah. She's 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 like fully booked at work, and he's he comes in and he he definitely throws a wrench into her career and her life, and and yeah. But he does help her. Well, no, I should say that. Sorry. Um, and then she starts texting him. Which was cool, because she was really right. di- she was being really direct, like he was direct. With the, I mean, yeah. before agonizing over the text messages, Chevy's restaurant, and here she's like, "I'm done. I'm gonna send it and send it off and have it be that." And then yeah, she has the the forethought of I'm gonna take the necessary precautions and then get mm. this over with. She yeah. she's not just blindly going into it. She's thinking of ways to protect herself because. I mean, you are going to have some strange man in your apartment by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. True. Very true. And I like how Poppy is able to, um, you know, there's this thing like the, what is it, the 80? I have this like 80 rule where it's like, if it's 80% good, good enough. Like, I don't waste time thinking about decisions too much and I don't like overanalyze things and I like that Poppy has that she's like whatever I just gotta do this let's just do this I'm not gonna waste any more brain cells analyzing this to death I really I really like that it's like my attitude so I support Poppy just doing things oh wow that's a cool way to live that's a cool way to not stress yourself out and overanalyze stuff the 80 percent rule yeah I mean, whatever. It's just my personality thing. I don't think it's like something that's difficult for me, but like I, I know that other people do take a long time to analyze. And anyway, it's been very helpful in my life because I just, I, I don't know, too much analysis doesn't help, doesn't produce any, any, yeah. any benefit. It just drags you down, and then you just don't do it. Like so, once I reach, once I reach the the, the tipping point where like I have a go decision or or a no go decision, I don't spend any more time. Like as long as I get to that point, I'm like, okay, that's it. I've done. I wish I felt like that. Yeah, thank you. Julia. I definitely <laughs> fall in the I overthink everything. Oh my gosh, you do too. <laughs> yes. This is terrible. My I mean, goodness. I have anxiety, so I you, mean, me too. Oh my gosh, it's hard. I mean, it's helpful for this though, because it's just 
Oh yeah. I've picked every little detail. So yeah. for that, it's useful. Yeah. It's the one thing where where we notice every little thing is good because then it can help mm-hmm. us piece the beautiful story that is Midnight Poppy Land together. But in real life situations, it's, yeah, I feel you. I feel you, Julia. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you, Mindy, too, for sharing that um, that tip. Yeah, you need, you need both in life. You know, life, uh, there's a reason we all have so many personalities because, you know, my husband knows that he's into politics, right? So he knows this a lot about, you know, political personalities. You need to have people who are the, the novel ideas, who want to try new things and experiment with new public policies. And then you need people pulling back and saying, you know, let's, let's more stick with what works. Let's not change things too much, too fast. You know, you need both. You need like a the pull, push and pull with, with everything, with personalities. That's how life benefits can have all one kind of person. Oh, yeah. We need that balance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, once she sends the text, she sends it. And I love, by the way, this, this is like, you know, you see Poppy's on her, on her, in her, on her bed, in her room, everything's dark, but her face is like lit up by the, the light in her, mm-hmm. in her cell phone. That's like all of us, like when we're at night in, in our beds, just <laughs> typing into our phones. <laughs> Reading, it's so making music. Webtoon comments. <laughs> Making yeah. our Patreon novel comments. <laughs> yes. yes. But I do oh, like how if you, you look at her, what she says, she's very to the point, which is a lot mm-hmm. like what Tora was, mm-hmm. which is different from how kind of wordy and almost hesitant she was when she mm-hmm. originally texted him. Now she's like, let me know, day and time, nothing too fancy. There we go. Send. Like she's mm-hmm. just I I'm not gonna think about this anymore. I'm just gonna do it. Exactly. Yeah, and she probably also adapted herself a bit to Torah because she knows what connects to Torah. She can communicate a bit with him more on his his level. Yeah. Chevy. Oh, she's exhausted. Be, yeah. Don't be late. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And after that, she just like, you could tell this was emotionally overwhelming for her because she plops her face back in her pillows, you know, lifts her head up and one hand is like on the, on her side limp, you know, which is like, I've defeated. And the other one is on top. And she's like, there, done. If anything, I'll be killing two birds with one stone and I won't have to see a big scary jerk ever again. Wait, killing two birds with one stone, which is what the, oh, what he wants and, and the picture, I guess, or Mr. Lamb and the picture information. Honestly, it could be either of them. What would the yeah. other option be? Okay, helping Mr. Lamb and the deleted photo. What could have yeah, been I think, the other? I think, I think those are the two birds. I think one bird is Mr. Lamb information, and one bird is um, getting the picture deleted. I think. All right, because the <laughs> that would be that would be signifying the end of what she needs from him. So that would explain why she says I wouldn't have to see him anymore. Yeah, I think so. They're both rationalizing that, like, we will never see each other again. <laughs> yeah. But I already think that's... about it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She's like, Wait. well, maybe he's not really a big scary jerk. And then just like with him in the car where he starts kind of thinking back of their moments the past few hours slash day and mm-hmm. she's she's looking at 
the memories of him and him standing there after he walked out. And she's like, well, at least not until he walked out. And that up to that point, he wasn't a big scary jerk. But then he kind of turned into one, but she was still adamant that that's not who he is. Even though we now know that she, in that moment, kind of had that feeling, she was still so sure of what she knew of him that she was willing to, like before, put it aside and continue to approach him. Right. And she's remembering, you know, when she's saying like that he wasn't a big scary jerk, she's remembering how he helped her with her hands to, to untie the, the hoodie after he had, you know, tied it over her head. And it's like this really <laughs> gentle, gentle pose of like both of his large hands over her small ones and just guiding her, you know, he could have left her, could have run away, he could have told her verbally, but he, he guided her with his hands and it's very protective stance. I didn't even realize in those flashbacks that she had when he caught her, that he was holding her face. I'm looking oh. at it. Looking at her eyes, I'm like, oh gosh. I'm like, is it Friday yet? So I can read episode 41 and I'll probably read all the other episodes that same day because I can't. It's been over six weeks that I haven't read NPL. So I don't know what I've been doing with my life. Yeah, that that moment is such a tender moment, you know, so she knows like he's not a mean guy, you know, holding your face between your hands when you fell out of a tree, like day that he met her, like that is, that's tender. Oh my God, I love that panel. (laughs) (laughs) And she talks about how it seemed like he put like an invisible wall in front of him. Yeah, and then there's that intimidating pose of him looking angrily down at her with a wall behind him. know symbolism right there and yeah that's what we were talking about like he has to protect himself because he can't let himself be vulnerable he can't let people into his heart you know what it reminds me of this 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 midnight popular reminds me of my favorite movie of all time goodwill hunting and this is exactly what will does in goodwill hunting he can't allow himself to be vulnerable he was hurt in his youth the use of past and he doesn't want to trust people so like when um I don't remember her name in real life. I, I think her name is Miranda. I think it's the actress. Mini driver. Mini driver. Mini, mini driver, right? So whatever her name, I forgot her name in the in the story. But when Minnie is, you know, tells him that she loves him and she she wants him to come with her to California, he says, No, I can't leave. I can't leave because he doesn't want to commit to love. He doesn't want to open himself up to real love. And she says, you know, tell me you don't love me, right? She says, I love you, I love you. Tell me you don't love me. And he says, I don't love you. Because he can't. He can't do it yet. He can't admit it yet. And, you know, Tora can't either. He can't let her into his heart. And and the famous moment in Will Hunting, obviously, is when Will breaks down and, he, you know, he, he lets himself be vulnerable. And hopefully we're going to get some of that with Tora. I can't wait. I hope you ladies are not alluding to all the uh, juiciness that's about to come that I've intentionally uh, deprived myself of because... Who knew I was such a masochist, or if that's the right word. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's... Just gonna sit over here quietly. <laughs> Damn, I think I'm gonna fast pass them all tonight. Oh my gosh. I knew, I, knew I was gonna feel like it's like putting a hey, dirt six in front weeks? of someone. Okay, that is an accomplishment. So I applaud oh, thank you. you. Thank I don't you. have that self control. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. No, I mean, honestly, after I, I fast passed episode 40, and then I was just so distraught. I said, oh, damn, he's he's a, oh, anyhow, sorry. And I literally, like, bumped my head against the wall that I couldn't think. And I'm like, oh, my, I was bad. It's like, I'm not the same. I'm not a logical person after I read it. Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, well, after, after episode 39, where which is already published, yeah. I... I cried for like three hours. I'm not kidding. I was like, uh, I was moping. I was groaning. I was moaning, sobbing. My husband was like, you went crazy. <laughs> He's like, it what is going on? Damn, yeah, it was painful. It was hella brutal. I was, oh gosh, just thinking about it. But it was so beautiful. Hey, look how beautiful that was. She could bring that emotion mm-hmm. out of us. I'm just, that's only a maestro could do that. Yeah. So let's uh, let's finish up with this episode. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we're back at back at twenty. <laughs> she's damn it, and she's just you know her. She's flopping back into her pillow again. Being iced out sure sucks. Which I like how she realizes that she's iced out. You know, like that's how that's how she perceives it. That like you know he was warm and like open, and then boom, he he stopped. And and like you said, there's the picture frame here. We don't know what to the picture frame now. Again, like when we, when we read this episode now at 20, we're like, oh, yeah, it's just some pictures, right? Mm-hmm. Just you wait. Just you wait. Yeah, episode 40. When you get there, <laughs> come back to this. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, even if this were all just a transaction between the two of us, and, you know, then it goes back to, um, you know, uh, Torah, but she's like, I like how she says that, like, it, it's, um, you know, she's convincing herself. She's like, you know, it, it sucks being iced out, even if it's just a transaction. So, like, she's trying to say, oh, this is just a transaction, but it still hurts when he ices me out because it's become more than a transaction, Poppy. Mm-hmm. That's, gotta admit it. <laughs> you don't know it yet, but it Especially is. Because <laughs> I think of that moment where she goes, damn it, and she, like, puts her face back in the pillows as the equivalent of him when he stopped the car and yelled fuck mm-hmm. like they, they both kind of I almost imagine those happened at the exact same time right of course and yeah. I was wondering where he stopped did he stop close to her house for something I don't know no just in the middle of the road in the middle of the road <laughs> I figured but I was just like I want like where is he I always want to know where they're at at all <laughs> oh we should have had a minute tracker. Look at the buildings <laughs> where he stopped his car mm-hmm. toward like the the end when it shows his car again. They kind of remind me of her apartments, yeah. but they're higher. They're taller. but and they're they're closer together too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just like the generic style of apartment buildings, maybe in Naran City. I don't think it's. I don't think we could read too much to that. Yeah. But you know the dots are connected. Who knows? <laughs> but you know the 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 close few panels with the smoky, smoked out cell phone, and it's lit up. That and he's all that, tense and glaring into space. <laughs> yeah, I mean that side glance. That side glance was everything. Oh my gosh. He was anticipating. He was on edge. He was so on edge. Uh, honestly, yeah. the, that, that side eye is almost, if looks could kill, uh, that's what that makes me think. It was almost like if he could, he would have blown up his phone with his eyeballs. 
like <laughs> I'm not in the mood for you. I'm I'm busy thinking. Go away. I no. I thought he looked excited. He did look like he could. If looks could kill for sure, but I thought he looked like anticipation. He's like, oh, it's like, oh, snap. She, is that her? Did she text me back? You know. I mean, how long? Yeah. Are for, uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we don't actually get to see together. after this point do we it doesn't show anything in the next episode i'm pretty sure yeah let me see yeah i'm also looking ahead yeah i don't think so i think we're we're meant to assume that it's um him receiving her message oh. that he just sent. Okay. yeah well actually one second now if she well, i'm trying to figure out if the stop could have happened at the same time i don't Maybe no, because she sent the message, and then she pulled her head in the pillow, and he right. got the message after he did the the shortstop. Oh well, close enough. Listen, similar thing, but yeah. it's still a similar. Like they're kind of doing the same thing. So mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So that's where we are. We have finished this episode. What? Uh, any final thoughts on this? Uh, as Julia said, I'm going to steal your words. If looks could kill, Tora would be yeah. I'm a goner. I mean, goner. Tora can kill in general. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> without his looks. <laughs> no. He could probably kill you with his pinky. Mm. <laughs> and oh, he, wow. But he's being like, taken just... down. He's being taken down by the hamster that is popping. Yep. Up. That's, which that's is, very true. Which is he just... has kryptonite. Yes. <laughs> I just picture, like, have you ever, like, seen a movie or, or something where someone's like, I could kill you with, like, this paper clip. Like, I, I know how to kill you with any object in this room kind of thing. Like, I feel like that's Torah. Like, he, <laughs> he knows that kind of shit. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but I, I really love how this episode is almost like they both realize there's more to this than just the transaction part of it. Like this is, this is the point where they really realize that. Right. Yeah. It hits them in their heart, whether or not they want to admit it to themselves, they feel something. I love it. I love it. Just love it all. (laughs) Thank you so much again. For this and Julia, it was nice talking to you so back to back. You too. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, Julia and Andros, for being available for being available, even though it's quite late for 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 me at least. I mean, I'm not I'm a late sleeper, so it's it's never late enough for me. Like I just I could stay up all night, but but uh, it is late for for both of us ish. So thank you so so much. Thank you. Have a good night. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, it was great, great, fantastic. Okay, cheers. Cheers to Friday. Yes. Yeah. Almost MLP day. Just a couple more hours. Couple maybe more exactly hours. exactly twenty-four. Exactly twenty-four. Maybe earlier. Because she pushes it. Yeah, a little less. Like a twenty twenty one and a half. Ah, there you go. Yes. Yeah, well twenty one and thirty four minutes actually, if I'm gonna be very precise. <laughs> oh my goodness. How many seconds? You, you have a <laughs> countdown, Julia. You are on it on it yeah no that that was me i actually i realized yeah 
I'm, I was uh, I was the one who was always very, very bad at math. But since I started the MBA two years ago, I have to do all these mm. like basic calculus arithmetic all the time. So like I got better at it, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. People can change just like Torah. <laughs> Anywho, good night. Thanks so much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.